0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on TV slash gold. I hope everyone's doing great today. Folks, I had a busy, busy day, ladies and gentlemen. Busy day. Uh, I just got done, actually, cooking dinner. I usually record in the afternoon, but I cooked veal tonight for the wife, and it was great, folks. I did a, a truffle butter with some lemon, some chopped up... Uh, fresh Italian parsley on there. It was delicious. Made it with a little side of Italian pasta with some red sauce and some uh, Parmesan roasted Brussels sprouts. So that was great, folks. Had a long conversation today, this afternoon, with Wide Awake Jim. I was on the road, I had to drive out of town quickly, and so I had some time, I ended up on the phone with him, we were just talking, folks, he's blowing my mind, the guy is just constantly absorbing information, sending it my way, he's now dissecting other podcasters out there, trying to figure out why they're not telling the whole story, using all the documents that he's found, I said, try to get on those shows and spread the word, my friend. But uh, I don't know if he's interested in doing that. He's got to work himself through hundreds of more documents here. He said, how are we going to get this done? I said, I don't know. You're going to have to come on once a week for the next two years. And he says to me, well, we don't have two years. we got to warn everyone now. And well, I said, well, I don't know how you're going to go through 200 documents. So you've got to figure it out. I'm not the guy who read all this stuff. I believe in everything that he's saying. So I'm going to try to see if I can help him summarize some of this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. For instance, one of the things we were talking about, and let's make this clear here. Um, folks like Jim, I don't even know what Jim was uh, politically, I don't think I've ever actually asked him. I came from the right. I mean, most of my life, from my mid-20s, I considered myself to be a conservative. I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity in the beginning, and then quickly moved over to Michael Savage and Glenn Beck as he was rising. Got really into Glenn Beck for a while. Then I started listening to... Uh, alternative media or what I consider to be alternative media, started watching a lot of YouTube shows, started eventually listening to podcasts. So I've kind of been all over the place. I'm post-political now. Uh, I don't know where Jim started when he put himself into uh, a box or a political box, as most people do, at least at some point in their life. But so we we were talking about uh, climate change, and he's telling me a story. He sat down, he had dinner with a relative yesterday. And this relative self-identifies uh, as being on the left. And they move moved more center over the last couple of years, hanging out and talking with Jim. So he brings up the issue of uh, climate change because he was talking about what he had been discussing here on the show. This person was interested in what he was discussing on the show. So he tells him, and then the person says, well, you can't deny that climate change is not, man-made, right? You cannot deny that. So Jim says, well, I've read over 3,000 pages of documents coming out of the sort of governmental bodies, the international bodies that put forward the idea of man-made climate change. And their documents say That it's not true. And what Jim is referring to is that the idea that CO2 emissions cause an uptick in hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, droughts, cold snaps, and heat waves. And the documents coming out of the United Nations, the IPCC, out of uh, all of these other organizations that Jim has discussed here on the show say that that is just not true. So there is not an uptick in all of these different events and is not caused by CO2 emissions, of which the whole climate change hustle, the green hoax, uh, say that that is the case. Now, myself as someone who was uh, starting off conservative, Jim, I'm not sure. But anyway, none of us deny that there is, there is not pollution and polluting of the planet going on. So here it is boiled down. As simple as possible for you folks, when people say, Do you believe that climate change is real? And it's really slick. I don't know what it was 10 years ago, they changed it from global warming to climate change. Right. So climate change is uh much harder to argue against, right? But here's the idea: do we believe that the planet is being polluted? Yes. Okay, do we believe that you and I, regular people, middle-class consumers, are polluting the planet? Well, yes, because if we're buying petroleum-based plastic bottles and such and throwing them away, even if you put them in recycling, it's pretty well known at this point that the majority of that stuff goes into the landfill. Landfill. So are we polluting? Are we buying mass-produced vegetables at the grocery store that are sprayed with pesticides and chemicals that are polluting the planet? Yes. Where does all this stuff come from? It comes from big industry. Big agriculture, big technology, all of these industries that are actually polluting the planet. In some cases, intentionally. We know that cloud seeding is real. We know pesticides are real. We know that the elites, that the technocrats backed by the bankers have been polluting the planet. They've polluted the soil. They polluted the air. They polluted the food and they polluted the water. In many cases, I believe, intentionally to poison us, to poison humans. So, is pollution of the planet real? Yes. Who is committing the polluting? Uh, When I go to the store, if I'm going to buy a 24-pack of water, and it's in plastic bottles wrapped in a plastic uh, sheath, I didn't create that. They created it, and that's all I can buy. At the grocery store. So I am not the polluter. They are the polluter for selling that to me. They're the ones who made that. They're the ones who have no intention of stopping it, as Jim showed here through multiple articles. You know, Coke and Pepsi both say they're not going to do it. They're not getting rid of plastic bottles, petroleum-based plastic bottles. So is pollution real? Yes. Who's committing the pollution? The very people that are telling us that we are the polluters and that they are going to save the planet. But what do they tell you that the real pollution is? They tell you the pollution is the CO2 emissions that are going out into the environment. Right Through various forms, through people, through animals, you know, through their machines and such. Well, all the industrial pollution is caused by them. They're the ones who built that system. The same industrialists of yesteryear that created the system are the same people running the system who are now telling you that the system is polluting the planet, there's climate change, and hurricanes are more, and tornadoes are more, and all these things are occurring, which we know is not true. They admit it's not true. So that part is not true. Right? Man-made climate change and the climate is changing because of man and because of CO2. That's not true. It's just not true. I mean, you can go listen to all the shows with Jim and all these documents. It's not his opinion. This all comes from the very governing bodies that are claiming there's climate change. The real pollution is from those same people in the fact that they are poisoning the water, the soil, the food, and the air. That is 100% true. So, if you wanted to stop it, well, you'd have to put those folks out of business. Now, Jim started working on some ideas, and he said to me, one of the ways people can cut back on so-called pollution is to cut back on their consumption. The other thing I said to him is, well, they can stop contributing to some of the pollution, let's just say, with vegetables. Stop buying vegetables in the grocery store that comes from Monsanto's mass producers spraying pesticides, chemicals, all over the place. And these aren't even real vegetables. They're GMO'd. God only knows what's in them or if they even have the nutrients that you need that they claim is in them. And start buying from local organic farmers. So there's things folks can actually do. And I think if you took the old school Uh, conservative conservationist type and the old school liberal tree hugging hippie type they would both agree that we can save the planet but this is how it's actually done we don't save the planet by driving us into a central bank digital currency carbon credit based system that only is going to enslave us it doesn't save the planet it's not intended to save the planet the big guys are going to continue to pollute and continue to poison us, poison humans, poison earth, poison the natural world. They're going to continue to do that while tricking you into enslaving yourself into a digital slavery system. All right, so that's how this looks right now. This is what Jim and I were talking about. The other thing is we got into some discussions on what the next uh, – plan is going to be the next big attack the next psychological warfare operation whether they're going to orchestrate another pandemic some kind of an identity theft cyber attack some sort of an electrical grid outage and we were going back and forth on this stuff and it was getting pretty freaky but i think what we determined uh and not saying this isn't going to happen but i said what would be the purpose of that So with COVID land the high school theater production, they got a lot out of it. I think they could have gotten more. I think they might have jumped the gun. I think maybe they weren't prepared to move all of technocracy forward, but they definitely got a lot out of it. So I think it was worth it to them. They got, I don't know, half the planet jabbed up. Who knows what that's going to do. Uh, They were able to install a lot of 5G towers, cameras all over the place. They were able to move in frictionless shopping. A lot of this technology was able to move forward because of COVID land. So what's the next thing? So we were talking about uh, if they created a massive cyber attack, you know, Russia or China gladly plays the boogeyman, maybe North Korea. But that would create a run on the banks, which would lead to chaos because the banks don't have the money. They really only have one and a half percent of what's in savings and actual cash to divvy out to people. So as soon as people realize there's no money, they're going to start dragging the cashiers and the bankers and stuff, the tellers out of the banks and burning them in the parking lots. I mean, maybe if the system wants to to create a purge type scenario then yeah that would be how you do it but otherwise it doesn't make a lot of sense and then as far as everything we've reviewed here that i've done going into the technology and jim has done with his documents it doesn't look like even in the united states alone let alone um, the rest of the world. They don't have the central bank digital currency infrastructure built yet. So if they were going to force, let's say they were going to run an identity theft psychological operation and everybody wakes up tomorrow, they can't access their bank account, they tell everyone that North Korea hacked everyone, they stole all the money. But don't worry, we're the government, we're going to save you, just download this app and we're going to put 10,000 CBDC tokens into your wallet and you can go out and spend those everywhere magically, all the stores are are already accepting them. But do they have that kind of system in place? Is that technology ready to go? Uh, Jim doesn't think so. I would tend to agree unless there's more being built behind the scenes as a secret. Um, I just don't think that system is uh, ready to... Uh, roll out at a mass scale where tomorrow cash and and uh, coins are gone and CBDC is here. I don't think it's that fast. So we're walking through all these different scenarios. The same thing with the electrical grid. I said to Jim, if they shut the electrical grid down within a matter of 24 hours, uh, people without electricity and the internet, they'll literally be eating each other in the streets. It'll look like a zombie apocalypse. And we know that the elites even the lowest level of elites the politicians the used car salesmen uh, i don't think they would necessarily get on board with something like that because they want power right so if everyone is killing each other and gone the politicians have no one to have power over and number two they're selfish right so they got to be sitting there go wait a second. You're going to create a run on the banks. You're going to starve people out by dropping uh, the electrical grid. What's going to happen to us? Are we going to be dragged from our homes and and beaten to death with ball-peen hammers on our front lawns while our security guards are actually helping the people? Because if their money disappears out of their bank accounts, they're going to be freaking out too. I mean, you got to say, the police, uh, are they going to be out there protecting the elites? The police, as soon as they realize their bank account was hacked, or as soon as they realize their wife and kids are at home with no electricity, uh, they're running back home. I mean, they're saying, hey, forget my job. This is the end of the world. So the elites are left unprotected. So I don't know. We're going to talk about some of this next time Jim is on the show. I thought it was a fascinating conversation. I wish we actually recorded it, folks. And I said to him, some of this actually ties in to what we're reviewing here right now, Industrial Society and its Future, written in 1995. And when we get back from this short commercial break, I'm going to continue we're going to try to get this done maybe today, if not tomorrow, folks. But you guys have been emailing me. You said you love this. So let's finish this up because we've got really important stuff we're going to move into as soon as we finish this paper. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. you listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold standard on Pain.tv Ladies and Gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to the dust and gold standard all right i really i was going to talk more about the conversation with jim but i really want to get through industrial society and its future so i've got a lot of notes and i'm going to go over those uh next time jim is on the show I, i really want to talk more about the scenarios in which the technocracy can leap forward Uh, to further drive us into the arms of technology. We really wargamed everything. We were trying to work through all these different scenarios. It's an interesting thing to do, although a lot of it is uh, speculation. I do find it to be fun. I put on my evil cap for a minute and think about what I would do. Um, But let me... um, I'm going to just jump back one paragraph from where we left off. I usually don't do this, but I'm going to do it tonight. It says, paragraph 160. To those who think that all this sounds like science fiction. We point out that yesterday's science fiction is today's fact. The Industrial Revolution has radically altered man's environment and way of life, and it is only to be expected that as technology is increasingly applied to the human body and mind, man himself will be altered as radically as his environment and way of life have been. So what's the takeaway there, folks? Yesterday's science fiction is today's fact think about this 28 years ago this author is talking about brain chips in people's heads fast forward 28 years and elon musk is out there marketing it so yesterday's science fiction is today's fact all right this is a new section we're getting into human race at a crossroads paragraph 161 but we have gotten ahead of our story It is one thing to develop in the laboratory a series of psychological or biological techniques for manipulating human behavior, and quite another to integrate these techniques into a functioning social system. And remember what I told you, the official narrative is that this author had his brain messed with when he was 16 years old going to Harvard University. Uh, and he went through sort of a, an extension of the MK Ultra program. So he talks a lot about manipulating one's mind. And as far as I remember, I haven't read this for about three years, he doesn't mention himself going through the experiments here. Uh, from what I gather, he actually wanted to keep that a secret during a uh, trial he was involved with because he didn't want that to diminish this work this paper he didn't want people to think he was actually crazy because his head was messed with by the government by the cia let's continue it says the latter problem is the more difficult of the two that would be um uh, laboratory it, That would be what he's talking about here for manipulating human behavior and quite another to integrate these techniques into a functioning social system. So he's saying um, integrating them into a functioning social system uh, is the more difficult of the two. For example, while the techniques of educational psychology doubtless work quite well in the lab schools where they are developed – It is not necessarily easy to apply them effectively throughout our educational system. We all know what many of our schools are like. The teachers are too busy taking knives and guns away from the kids to subject them to the latest techniques for making them into computer nerds. Thus, in spite of all its technical advances relating to human behavior, the system to date has not been impressively successful in controlling human beings. And very interesting Because this came up in the conversation with Wide Awake Jim by total coincidence, because we were talking about this, uh, that there are so many moving parts. If you want to believe there's one man or one entity behind the whole system, like if it's the Rockefellers or the Illuminati or the Rothschilds or whatever, that are controlling, let's say, the Bank for International Settlements that makes all of these other organizations tick, right? There's so many moving parts. Like you roll out COVID land, the high school theater production, then you have to have the jab ready. You got to get people lined up to get the jabs. You're rolling out 5G towers when everything's shut down. So many pieces have to come together. Uh, at a mass scale. And now these guys, since covid land, you can see, are operating worldwide. So it has to happen worldwide. So they're trying to control human beings. At the same time, the human beings are the ones working within this functioning technocracy that's living and it's breathing. They're all working there. They have to get all these parts moving correctly. Even if you're trying to get one company... To, uh, let's say, lay out, I don't know, 10,000 5G towers, right? Let's say, I don't know, Comcast is going to do that for the system. That has to come from the CEO down to the different department heads, filtered down through the employees, and all that has to be done. Uh, At the same time, you need to keep up the pace of this, and you need the union involved. I mean, that's just one element. So it, it's difficult, difficult to get all this to come out in one big uh, sweeping motion. Goes on to say the people whose behavior is fairly well under the control of the system are those of the type that might be called bourgeois. But there are growing numbers of people who, in one way or another, are rebels against the system. As he mentions earlier welfare leeches, youth gangs, cultists, Satanists, Nazis, radical environmentalists, militiamen, etc. All these sort of outliers of society. That's why I said to you guys start thinking like an outlaw. You know, it's a shame. It's a shame that we have to do that. I know many people, especially folks that came from the right, uh, you believe that you have to abide by law and order. But I keep saying to you that if you actually do believe that we are operating under tyranny, Whether you believe it's tyranny caused by the Democrats or it's tyranny being created by the technological system or it's tyranny coming down from the World Economic Forum or the United Nations or the bankers. If you believe we're operating under tyranny, why are you continuing to comply with the tyranny? Now, obviously, you have to make it appear as if you're complying. Uh, Unless you want to be the martyr and the example and have the government roll up with the IRS or whatever it may be, uh, the FBI, and uh, raid your home. Uh, So you have to appear. You have to blend in. But you're going to have to break the law. If you don't agree with the tyrannical laws, you're going to have to stop obeying them. Or you're going to have to find creative ways to work around them. All right, paragraph 162. The system is currently engaged in a desperate struggle to overcome certain problems that threaten its survival, among which the problems of human behavior are the most important. If the system succeeds in acquiring sufficient control over human behavior quickly enough, it will probably survive. The system will probably survive. Otherwise, it will break down. We think the issue will most likely be resolved within the next several decades, say 40 to 100 years. Now, he's predicting this system, right, taking care of itself within the next 40 to 100 years. This is 28 years ago. So 40 years would put us at 2035. Now, we know that the elites the international technocratic criminals, have major plans. They have to meet certain goals. They want to, according to their business plan, by 2030. We know there's a whole nother set of plans they're trying to reach by 2050. All right, so this author is predicting that it's going to work itself out. Somewhere between 40 and 100 years. Either the system is going to take total control over humanity and the natural world, or humanity and the natural world are going to reject this system. The system may collapse. Then we'll start with a cycle of civilization all over again. We'll get into cycle of civilization on another show. I actually have a great uh, lecture i forgot the authors maybe it was dr stephen tainter maybe i have not covered that here cycle of civilizations brilliant lecture i learned a lot from it so maybe we'll review that here on the show but this is what the author is saying here so what i'm looking at at this point i had the conversation with wide awake jim today is are we starting to see cracks in the system or glitches in the matrix where certain companies are saying they're not going to adopt ESG, Uh, people are pushing back against certain elements of the system. Is that really true? Outlaws, they don't have to be organized. This is just people using common sense, exercising critical thinking to push back against the system. Is it all orchestrated, controlled opposition, run by the system? I think it's a combination of both. All right? Now, do I believe... The whole system is going to crumble down upon itself right now? No, I think they're going to move forward with a lot more technology first. I think it gets worse, obviously, before it gets better. But I think the more folks like you and I talking about withdrawing from the system, that withdraw from the system, we start to break the system. Could you imagine if everyone in the United States stopped driving around with their smartphone or their tablet in the car? Imagine that. Imagine what we would do to the system if we stopped contributing all of the data and analytics to the system. If we stopped connecting our car up to Google Maps, you know, started by the CIA through InQtel Money, run by Google now, we stopped putting all that data into the system. That would cause a major problem for the system. That's revolting against the system without ever having to lift a torch or a musket just by removing the shackles, you know, the digital shackles, the smart technology from our lives, we would create a major problem for the system. Trust me. Paragraph 163. Suppose the system survives the crisis of the next several decades. By that time, it will have to be solved or at least brought under control. The, principles, uh, the principal problems that confront it In particular, that of, quote, socializing, end quote, human beings, that is making people sufficiently docile so that their behavior no longer threatens the system. All right. Now, look, I'm not judging you. But why do you think the government suddenly one night decided to legalize marijuana and then they control what's being grown and you have everybody running around with medical cards. Now they can do a recreationally smoking pot. They're about to roll out psychedelics and they load everybody else up on big pharmaceuticals. All right. They're making you docile. I mean, it's clear. It's obvious uh, that that is going on. They're not doing it because they love you or now they agree that it's cool for you to run around like Cheech and Chong, smoke pot pot all right you you know that's not true even if you smoke pot you know the government doesn't love you you know that the potheads did not win the battle like Cheech and Chong did not win the battle to legalize marijuana it was the system at a certain point realizing that they could use the marijuana and the psychedelics against the people I mean, it's quite obvious. Nothing happens in the system unless the system wants that to happen. Not at that level. Not all across all the states at all the same time. And you'll say, well, it took 10 years, started in Colorado. Yeah, okay, 10 years is a very short amount of time. It was quick. Just like all of a sudden gambling became legal now being able to do sports gambling over apps and everything that all happened literally overnight when you look at it on the time frame of humanity it was literally overnight you don't think that just magically happened no the system decided that gambling you know smoking pot and doing psychedelics was somehow a benefit to the system so they allowed it to finally happen Uh, They legalized it. They let you go and do it, but they completely control it. So you're taking part in vices that are run and controlled by the system. Let's continue. That being accomplished, it does not appear that there would be any further obstacle to the development of technology, and it would presumably advance toward its logical conclusion, which is complete control over everything on Earth, including human beings and all other important organisms. Well, we know that to be true. We know that to be true, that they are trying to essentially run the entire world like a giant computer running on an operating system down to the last blade of grass, the last mosquito, you know, brain chips in people's heads. They want to control everything that's natural. This is obviously the goal of people who are God wannabes, right? They want to control everything and have power over everything. We we know that to be true. But here's the thing as they're talking about the author is talking about the system possibly breaking down uh, on itself maybe because it becomes too big humans naturally rebel whether they realize it or not you know humans rebel against the system so the system will eventually break down this is why if you actually go listen to Yuval Noah Harari the king philosopher as a force industrial revolution and the World economic forum If you listen to Yuval Noah Harari, he is speaking to the elites, and many times he's actually warning them, and he's talking about, do we move forward, further into the technological prison system, or do we go back to a primitive indigenous culture, and he says, you don't want to do that, you don't want to do that, why don't? Why do they not want to do that, folks? Why is the answer never less technology? It's always more technology because by technology, these nerds, these bankers, these scientists, these beta male fruit loops can control us inside this system. But if we go back to primitive society, if technology is removed and we go backwards, the alpha males will now beat the living crap out of the beta males and the beta males will be destroyed. As the author has brought up in the past, if the beta males were doing what humans were wired to do, which was going out into nature and hunting and bringing meat back to their wife and their kids, right? Then Bill Gates would have been eaten by a grizzly bear a long time ago. So just think about that, folks. Think about that when we go to this short commercial break. Don't get eaten by a grizzly bear anyway. Just hang out right by your device. Stay plugged into the matrix. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. you listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv.